Hello and welcome to Eyewitness Beauty, the podcast where we talk about the biggest stories in the beauty industry each week. I'm Nick Axelrod Welk. My co-host is Diamond Creekbaum, as usual. Miss Annie, if you're nasty. I'm not. No, you're not. At least when we're recording, when the red light's on, you know? Or only when the red light's on. <laughs> True. Readers. So here's a funny thing. I didn't even realize this. I am flying to New York on Sunday, and you're flying to L.A. today. Right after this recording session. We're literally going to be passing the night. But I'll be back. I'll be back on, on Tuesday so we can still you're hang You're just doing out. a one-day little trip? Yeah. I mean, like, now that I I have a kid, I can't really leave. I can't, like, go to New York for a week and, like, leave Casey. But why, why would you have to go for one day? What can't be accomplished over Zoom? I don't think anything can be accomplished over Have you ever tried to have a brainstorm over Zoom? We created this whole podcast empire on Zoom. True. You know what? True. But I just think, like, generally speaking, this is, like, a format that works well because we're not like trying to write something together. You know what I mean? Like we're having a conversation about things. So it like kind of works well. But we? Who is this other we that you, you have in your life? Oh, no, no, but who, are, who are the we's in New York that you're seeing? Oh, I'm going to do a shoot. And I and just oh, the issue it, it, is it. that like trying to yes, like yes, yes. set shoot. up a computer that would be the <laughs> so one that I can like instance. zoom in. Mm-hmm. It's like I need real people, real experiences in real life. I can't. Just sit on my fucking computer in a box and look at my picture. You know what I mean? Like I'm not my most focused self in that Have context. you ever gotten in an argument with someone over Zoom? <laughs> no. Oh my God. It is frightening. It is frightening. You have? Because here's what happens. You're forced to see yourself at your worst. Oh, angry. Oh yeah. Like a blowout. And you see the kind of like facial expressions. I'm terrifying. Who like what type of person? That's Don't give me the name. There. But who are we getting in like screaming matches on Zoom? Not with? screaming matches, just like very real conversations where there's a very real disagreement, you know? Yeah. And you're just like looking at yourself like in your like eyebrows and like everything. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I actually <sighs> yeah, got no. dinner with someone last night that I've known exclusively over Instagram and They were shocked at how expressive and funny I was. (laughs) I think that's very true of you because I think that your online like social media presence is quite different than your like in-person presence. Because you're not funny on Instagram and you're very funny. (laughs) That's not an insult. I'm just saying like you find inspiration everywhere and that's mostly what you post on your Instagram stories. And so I think most people would like think that they would meet you and you'd be very serious and you're not self-serious. The funny thing though is that you were a clown like back in the day, like with Exo Jane, like you would write about like you put yourself out there a lot more and be funny and like yeah. self-deprecating I, and, and all and I that. I got enough of it. I mean, truly writing about your life on the internet and like using yourself as a punchline is not, I was just kind of over it. And I was like, there's funnier things to talk about. I, I think my life got serious too. I was like working. There wasn't a lot funny <laughs> that I could talk about, <laughs> you know? That is always my issue is I think in order to be really good at Instagramming, sorry, Instagram, you have to do it all day. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't. Don't get me wrong. I am on Instagram all day. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> but like, I'm not Instagramming all day. Mm-hmm. You're not creating. Do you know what I mean? I'm not a content creator, which you know this, when our offspring are in college, you'll be able to major in content creation, <laughs> which is a very depressing thought to me. Well, they should teach people because there's some shitty content <laughs> out there. 
<laughs> there should be a class on it. I mean, I was also like reflecting on mood boarding for shoots and like pulling references for shoots. Except looking back at old like mood boards for a shoot that I did for Glossier and I was like kind of proud of myself because it wasn't a bunch of photos of other people's work that we were like essentially ripping off like it was photos of work that we had done previously and then like a few more abstract reference photos and then maybe like one makeup look like reference versus I get tagged all the time by like makeup artists and nail people and hairstylists and photographers that I work with or models even sending me photos of the mood boards like on the download for shoots and it's all work that I had done. <laughs> I'm like, damn, I should be getting paid for this. <laughs> I don't know what point yeah. I'm trying to make, but I was like a little like, it made me feel like good about, I think more originality into the world if we're talking about content creation versus okay, I think yeah, what we're, we're, mean, we're learning through TikTok is to like learn other people's dances and make your own version of that. It's like kind of this weird copy paste society that we're living in. I agree for the most part, but I'm preparing for another, a different shoot and was putting together a mood board. And it is funny because if you were limiting yourself in creating a mood board as a content creator, <laughs> if you were limiting yourself to like original images that you shot, you would kind of not be getting out of your head. For example, like I'm shooting with photographer A, right? And if I tried to make a mood board for my idea for the shoot that we're doing out of just photographer A's pictures it wouldn't be anything different than what photographer A has done for other brands or for magazines. So I end up then pulling references from other photographers and it in the wrong hands, I think it could probably turn into copy and paste culture. But I feel like the best creators, the best artists, the best creatives move it forward in some interesting way. And like the context becomes interesting, you know, like the break the internet, Kim Kardashian picture. That was a, reference to a Jean-Paul Goud picture that he took in the 70s. And like, yes, it's the same visual concept, but not the same sort of cultural concept, I guess. This conversation may be one that we should have just had together by ourselves and not on a podcast. I don't know if it's interesting to anyone else, but I find like the context the most interesting thing these days. Like to me, for example, I'm not into euphoria because I don't feel like it's doing anything new. Interesting. It's like kids. Yeah. It's Larry but- Clark. It's like glorifying depravity and like lower middle class, like life. That's a genre, right? And then the newness is that it's current references and like current life depicted in that same genre. Okay, fine. I guess my other issue with Euphoria is that the creator is a rich, white, straight boy. He's actually kid. not the creator. Did you know it's based off of a show? No, apparently it's based off of a show that had already existed in Slovenia or something. Wait, hold on. Okay, but he like developed it for America. From that perspective, I'm just like, whenever I see Euphoria, I'm like, this feels like voyeuristic and almost like, you know, a rich kid from LA or New York being like, I wonder what it's like to like not have money and live inland. (laughs) You know what I mean? And then it's like, they must be doing heroin and fucking each other's dads. And I feel like that doesn't feel authentic at all to me. That's not what your high school experience was? (laughs) No. Listen, I went to public school in Dallas and I have to say it got pretty dark. So I don't know. I feel like just because it wasn't everyone's experience, I think a lot of people do find that there's overlap. I, sorry, one aside, I just want to <laughs> give credit where credit's due. 
Euphoria is an Israeli teen drama, a miniseries created and written by Ron Leshem and directed by Daphne Levin. So okay. came out in 2012, set in the 90s. Speaking of high school, you know what I realized this weekend? I didn't know who was playing the Super Bowl. I was having a really quiet, snowy time upstate over the weekend and watching South Park. <laughs> And I realized this guy who, I don't claim to know him, we were not friends. I was very much on the peripheral of his glory that was Matthew Stafford. Who's that? He won the freaking Super Bowl. He was the quarterback of the Los Angeles, um, (laughs) what's the Los Angeles team? (laughs) Lakers? (laughs) Shut up. You know that I actually, I'm sorry, I'm really blaming (laughs) Rams. But it was so funny to see him. I was like, oh my God, that's that guy who was like, again, friend of a friend of a friend. I do remember being at like rager parties and he would be there, you know, the beer pong, like fratty. And it was funny because they were showing him at the Super Bowl parade the next day. And I was like, that's the guy that I thought was him. And he was totally that guy. It was really funny. Is there going to be pictures of you with your like blonde highlights, like no, absolutely hair, no. like no in the background? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I was dating like the drug. De- I was dating the weed, <laughs> weed dealer. Like- weed dealer. <laughs> <Not> the- <laughs> like the guy from Euphoria who everyone's obsessed with? Ugh, I wish. No, this guy was like the worst. <laughs> Speaking of Euphoria, you had a very interesting reaction to this news. So I think we should do top stories. So Euphoria's lead makeup artist is a woman named Donnie Davey. And she is launching this spring her own makeup line called Half Magic Beauty. And she just released teaser pictures from the collection. And as you would expect from Euphoria, it's like glitter and neons and it's fun. There's like a joyfulness to it. It's like experimental. I mean, it has like beautiful pictures of the girls in Euphoria. I mean, it's what everyone's been asking for, right? Yeah. And as as the 18th reminder, we did break the story. (laughs) (laughs) That A24 was working on a makeup line because they posted a job posting. Is this the A24 makeup line? I think so. Is Euphoria produced by A24? A24 is a distributor. And they distribute Euphoria? You know what? I'm going to get to the bottom of this because I'll be in LA with some Hollywood types. (laughs) Cool. And every time I'm with this person, I'm like, so tell me again what A24 does versus (laughs) like... By the way, Half Magic is from Donnie Davey, A24, and the creators behind Euphoria. You are correct. Yeah, we had one of our readers tag us in a post being like, I heard about this first on Eyewitness Beauty. You guys are so great. All of which is to say she's launching a makeup line inspired by the makeup of Euphoria, to which Annie said, not in a condemning or a negative way, but like you said, this is what Glossier play could have been. And I think what I thought was interesting about that was not that it was like a swipe because I didn't take it as a swipe. I think, granted, these are just like the preview pictures, but it just feels it went a little further. There's like little heart cutouts and like stencils and it's like the colors are more, more neon, more saturated. Mm -hmm. The glitters are like chunkier. Listen, (laughs) it came from a single point of view and the dewy skin, right? And the fresh dewy skin underneath, which was kind of... I think the original concept, how can we bridge the gap between this like barefaced model off duty, dewy skin look, which is the model off duty is like where that started, by the way. You know what I mean? Like, yep. as you know, like you're the one who popularized it with Into the Gloss and then the French pharmacy products that begot the first Glossier phase one collection of skincare and like the skin tint. And then 
the evolution of that was like, wait, but this girl also really likes to wear makeup. What kind of makeup would she like to wear? Do you remember when we launched those like metallic eyeliners? They were like, it was like a blip in the Glossier radar because they delivered really late for holidays. So we didn't get to really do a whole big push around them. But they were a limited edition holiday item right after Glossier launched in October. Not the black tie collection? No, that came later. That came later. This was a set also in a cigarette type box. It was like a long skinny holographic box. They were called the liquid foil liners. There was one in gold and one in silver. And they were these like hyper metallic. Oh yeah, I do remember this. Yeah, yeah. 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 And that was like the idea, like dewy skin with like a touch of like something kind of like unexpected. So when I saw the Euphoria collection, I'm like, damn, like this is like what... I imagine it could be. I think what it says too, having like the platform of euphoria, the it's not just about the makeup, it's the whole thing. It's the sex, it's the drugs, it's how hot it is. It's, it's a world. We it's the world that they're living. World, yeah. But I'll say too, I think it'll be very hard for them to build a business because it's one thing to have a cool idea and like a cool makeup artist behind like a launch collection of palettes and shadows and glitters but then it's quite another to like build a comprehensive makeup line that can stand the test of time it sounds like it'd be a great mac collaboration you know what i mean where they could like come in and come out and sell out of this limited edition collection i think it's a little hard to like keep on going that might not be the goal i think it's interesting kind of like the ephemeralness of brands today. And I wonder if there's like a different entrepreneur set that is totally okay with their brand being like a flash in the pan type of, we're going to capitalize on this trend. We're going to like make a bunch of products. We'll see where it goes. And I'm not going to lose sleep over like trying to create the next Estee Lauder. Yeah. I mean, I think a flash in the pan can't be anyone's goal <laughs> because but then like, well, like, what do you, maybe not explicit- like, what well, happens? Hold on. Maybe this leads us into our next story. Oh, Okay, can I just say one thing about Julia Fox? We're about to say a lot of things, but go, okay. go for it. Okay, I love her. I know. We both do. In fact, eight months ago, my friend wrote a movie and is was like trying to figure out casting and for the romantic lead. And I was like, there's this girl, Julia Fox, like she was an uncut gems. Like, I just think she has so much charisma and like such a good sense of humor. And she just pops off the screen in a way that like, a Debbie Mazar or like Marissa Tomei or yeah, like very Marissa Tomei. Maybe Debbie Mazar is less of a good example. Marissa Tomei is a better one in that she can, I feel like could give a deep performance too. And then lo and behold, here she goes popping off. And I also think she handled the entire Kanye thing with like grace and as much sort of confidence and power as she could have. Should we just give the context? Julia Fox, actress, she was one of the stars of Uncut Gems, which came out two years ago, starring Adam Sandler, the Safdie brothers. A24. A24 movie. Anyway, she became famous to many more people than she ever was before about a month ago when she started dating Kanye West and did a photo shoot in Carbone. But I remember seeing her around New York. She was like a personality. When we were working together. And yeah, so thank you for the tee up. Basically, what we saw over the weekend was Kanye having a meltdown on Instagram, wanting to get back together with Kim, which is not, I laugh out of uncomfortableness. I don't think it's funny for people to be harassing their ex-wife and children on social media. But obviously we all have really complicated feelings about Kanye and like this very real time, very public personality. But that resulted in him and Julia breaking up. 
and the cut. They also were never together. This is what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I just think like they were just like hanging out and like making noise. And if you read Julia Fox's comments, she was like, listen, we're living in a really dark time. And like if celebrity relationships can give anyone a little bit of like an escape and some like fantasy, like happy to do it. But like we were never exclusively dating. Oh, like she was performing her civic duty. <laughs> kind of. That's what she said in this one thing I read. Hot girl civic duty, date Kanye, <laughs> let people take your photo. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, Monday, this whole like spread shot by Jurgen Teller, sponsored by The Cut, came out with an interview. Hunter Harris interviewed Julia. Who was Hunter Harris? Hunter Harris is a writer. Oh, okay. I follow her on Twitter. Based in New York, via Oklahoma, according to her Twitter bio. She's pretty funny on Twitter. Anyway, she interviewed Julia, wrote the piece. And, I mean, it's been quoted to death. We don't have to go through, like... No, but TLDR, give us the headlines. You you mentioned one of the quotes around her saying, you know, if people want to talk about me dating Kanye because it helps them give them a distraction right now, then great. Like, I'm happy to do it. We talked about downtown New York having a resurgence. It's like Lucian. It was already, like... The spot. Which is a restaurant. Yeah, it's this tiny little hole in the wall restaurant with like really yellow. It's like obviously painted yellow, but yellow like walls with like photos of everyone who's ever eaten there framed. It's like a status symbol to be able to like go in and get a table quickly. Otherwise, you'll be like very shamefully waiting at the bar outside for the hot model, you know, hostess to finally be able to <laughs> deem you Talk like you. worthy of a table. <laughs> I'm like talking about them as if they're really snotty. They're not. I just think it's like when you talk about a place being a scene, this photo is in the dictionary for that. Anyway, that's where she had her birthday party with the Hermes handbag party favors Ugh, that Kanye bought everyone. Which is great, but that's like such a good party favor. Imagine like going to your friend's birthday and everyone gets an Hermes bag from like her rich boyfriend. I feel like rich boyfriends are never that cool. <laughs> I just feel like that is so cool. <laughs> but I as know, we hey, know, and as our I, readers know, I'm a materialistic Can fuck. I just say, sometimes rich people I'm finding are very cool. <laughs> That's a good name of this episode. Sometimes rich people are cool. So back to Julia Fox. Everybody's in the interview quoted, so we don't have to go through all the details. The photos, people are ripping apart because... They were shot by Jurgen Teller, who famously shot Kim Kardashian in a very similar way, where he kind of finds these, like, derelict like locations. This one was Kent Street, it looks like. This whole phenomenon is so weird because I live here. You know what I mean? Like, I live and we go to these places, like, daily almost. And I know where they shot this shoot of her, like, in, like, low-rise pleather pants laying on a pile of dirty snow with, like, boulders around her. And I'm like... I react poorly to this because this is my life and it's very uninspiring to me. To have to walk through sludge and like a cute outfit sucks. And that's what I see when I look at this. And it's been really funny to see the like vitriol like that's been coming out of people that are also seeing this. I don't feel angry towards her or like it's I tweeted this. So apologies if you follow me and you like hear me quote my own Twitter all the time. But like I don't understand what it is about Julia that invites women that I actually like know through work or I follow them on Instagram and they seem really cool and I respect them as writers or just women working in New York. A lot of them live in New York too. And I've never seen them be super snarky or like outwardly mean towards anyone online. But something about Julia, I'm seeing people like leave comments on these cut posts 
from their like personal, you know, accounts. Basically being like she's trash saying, or something. Yeah, saying the nastiest shit. It's been really like off-putting and like weird to see. Certain people elicit that reaction. And I feel like usually it's qualities that we see in someone that we don't like in ourselves. And I think that partly it's like Julia is unapologetic about her fame and celebrity and access to wealth that like a lot of people feel shameful about. She doesn't seem to have shame about it. And I feel like a lot of people are like, fuck you. And where that's coming from is like, you should be ashamed because I am ashamed that I like want that. Remember, there was a great quote that she gave being like, Kanye is not the first billionaire that I've dated. Like I only date billionaires or something like that, which obviously was tongue in cheek. But also I think I think she's triggering no, I, I I see that for sure. She's also like stunningly beautiful. She is very thin. And I think that's also hard. You know, it's, she's like easy to hate. But out of everyone that you could comment about on social media that actually do really not great things, like a lot of celebrities have companies that have like really questionable business practices. But just her existence is like, it feels really weird. This has all happened since we've been doing this episode of the podcast. Kanye's new tear is that Pete has been making fun of his mental health struggles and like how uncool that is. And I'm like, listen, Kanye, we, and we talked about this on either the last episode or two episodes ago that like he's clearly mentally unwell and unmedicated or undermedicated. He's, he's been very open about the fact that he's bipolar. He's bipolar and he's openly not, you know, on medication, I guess, too. But he needs to pick a lane. Like now he's trying to curry sympathy about his mental illness that he's actively like not treating. He's deflecting. He's deflecting. Yeah. And it's like, he's saying like literally as of 10 minutes ago, it's like him recording a video of someone else's phone of Pete Davidson, like doing a bit about Kanye from a year okay. ago or something. And it's just it's like, also- and this was also when he was fucking hanging out with Trump. So, like, that's deflection to say, like, that Pete Davidson is wrong for, like, making fundamental illness when, like, Kanye was doing something far more toxic and negative. Ugh. And all these people that are, like, sending Kanye these, like, little pieces of evidence of Pete shading him over the years, like, need to freaking stop. What the hell is wrong with you? I do absolutely love that Kanye is calling Pete Davidson skeet. It's like the it's least like just, harmful thing. <laughs> I know. But that's like Death what by is, a million paper cuts. <laughs> yes. That's like what is so genius about the nickname Skeet. It's kind of just like a little condescending. It's a little childish, but not super childish. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like Pete Davidson is like the human embodiment of SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> I don't think he cares. I think he probably no, likes it. No, I don't think he cares. But it's also like I've, I haven't forgiven Kanye for some of his past actions said like some horrible things about women and raising his like daughters so I don't really understand why he thinks he has two legs to stand on when it comes to like people dissing him. (laughs) Back on the Julia Fox tip my one hope for Julia Fox through all of this despite the haters despite the Kanye of it all and her being sort of like a accessory to some of this like media blitz or like media whatever like bonfire that he's creating her recent PR efforts 
her recent PR efforts <laughs> is that I just hope that she has a career after this. I hope that this doesn't become like an Amber Rose. She's in production of two movies right now or post-production. Okay, good. Yeah. I mean, I hope so. Like, I just, I think she's talented. I think she has an, you know, an it factor, so to speak. And I would just hate that all this like infamy and like the very quick rise to incredible fame is not making her radioactive for like acting. Because I think she's good. She'll be fine. Okay, good. I'll save my tears for someone else. Speaking of radioactive, this just in today, which is Thursday, Jeffree Star, everyone's favorite radioactive beauty influencer, is launching Jeffree Star Skin. No way. Really? Yeah. He is doing Jeffree Star Skin, which he says has been years in the making, seven products, and... It starts with a hydrating eye cream, a hydrating moisturizer. It is pink. He's calling the ingredients clean. And he's saying it's a perfect canvas for makeup. He also, in this article in Women's Wear Daily, calls the influencer beauty brand industry, quote unquote, dead. (laughs) So, I mean, we had heard, I think, some murmurs that Jeffree Star Cosmetics, his makeup brand, had not been doing well in COVID. I think they laid off a lot of people. They might have closed a distribution center, something like that. And now clearly he's sort of putting the final nail in that coffin and trying to pivot to skincare, which will be interesting. I don't know if there still is an appetite for what he's putting out. You mean people don't want to buy Jeffree Star pets, which is also a thing? He sells dogs. No, he has Jeffree Star Pets. It's a line of pet care products. There's oh. <laughs> not actual pets. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> you never know with that one. He's probably like pro puppy mill. <laughs> well, no, they're all like purebred Pomeranians. Oh, yeah. You can get a woven pink collar, a bowl. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah, no thanks. Pass. Other big beauty news. We usually don't cover like category extensions for brands, but I think this is kind of interesting. The Ordinary announced this week that they will be launching hair care. So The Ordinary was a Canadian indie brand that became super big in the United States. Majority Stake was acquired by Estee Lauder last year, and now they're expanding into hair. And what's, I think, sort of interesting and very counterintuitive, which is the sort of MO of The Ordinary, is that they're launching it as pro-sulfates, <laughs> sulfates being the maligned ingredient for most brands. And they say like sulfate-free formula for hair care because it was thought to be like stripping. But what The Ordinary says, and this is the co-founder and CEO of Desiem, the company that owns The Ordinary. Her name is Nicola Kilner. And she says, quote, there are so many ingredients that are quick to get a bad reputation without someone actually looking at how they work. Things go viral quickly and misinformation gets spread, particularly on social. Ultimately, sulfates are the best way to clean hair. And what's been wrong is the levels they've been used at. Everyone is trying to avoid things rather than just looking at, hey, how can we actually use this ingredient? What are the benefits? That's a quote from Business of Fashion. They break apart grease and they're used in the ordinary products at a much lower percentage concentration than in like drugstore beauty products. So at around 4% as opposed to 10 to 20% what you can see in some supermarket or drugstore shampoos. But anyway, an interesting angle. Didn't they do a whole campaign a few months ago about how chemicals are good? Yeah. I get it. I think it's smart in that, like, there are these waves of, like, forbidding phenex- uh, phenoxyethanol. Yeah. 
<laughs> phenoxyethanol, which was like an alternative to parabens or even just parabens. And if you talk to any smart cosmetic chemist, they'll tell you, and we've talked about this on the show. With a smart cosmetic chemist. Yeah, that <laughs> preservatives are your friend. They actually prevent the growth of bacteria and fungi that could really fuck you up and fuck your face up. So to say you want something that has no preservatives is to say you want something that will last a day and then maybe make you sick after that. Parabens are very safe and also one of the most studied preservative systems out there. And there are a lot fewer long-term studies on these preservative alternatives. So who knows whether they're actually safer? Well, that's kind of why I'm colder to accept new ingredients and new quote unquote like technology and skincare because just saying that it's like safe for use versus that it actually stands up to like the claims and the general way that they're marketing them. One good example is the quote unquote plant retinol, which you actually see printed on packaging, which I think is yeah. like a really like is egregious, that the one that's horrible. like bakshi blakulakal? I think bakuklio. Yeah, it sounds like a dirty word. Um, there's just not the data to back up the claims that people are making, which get so watered down to like TikTok and Instagram of just like a pretty girl being like, so this is actually a plant-based retinol, which is not true at all. <laughs> it's actually like a false claim, but it doesn't matter because it's 18 times removed from the brand. It's just some random influencer, but then the video goes viral and then everybody suddenly accepts that there's like a plant-based retinol alternative, which isn't even like a thing because like retinol is not derived from like animals... That's like when people describe like pasta with marinara as like a plant-based meal. It's like, yeah, and that pasta is made from wheat, which is a plant, and tomatoes (laughs) are a plant. So like, sure, you're eating plant-based, but it's like pasta with red sauce. I'm going to call everything like earth-based now. It's earth-based. I love that. Yeah. It's made from the planet. Technically, And it's funny, actually, like in uh, home court, we get a lot of questions as to whether our fragrances are natural, quote unquote. And my opinion, Courtney's opinion, our opinion as a company is that, well, number one, there's no such thing as natural fragrance. You know, it's not like you're literally just like crushing up leaves and putting it in a bottle. It's all processed, even essential oils. And essential oils, just because they are made directly from a plant, does not mean that they're any more or less dangerous than synthetic or lab-made molecules. And then sometimes lab made molecules are safer because they're made in the lab. So like they're able to like take out volatile aspects of the molecule. You know what I mean? Like they're able to like actually create a safer form of the fragrance. And it's funny though, that the first question of so many of the eco warriors is like, I only use all natural fragrances or, you know, synthetic fragrances cause cancer. It's like, no, that's actually not how it works. This is the world we live in. I know. You also don't want to answer them in a condescending way, which is... No, no, no. So we we answer with education, which is we use both (laughs) plant-derived, earth-based ingredient sources as well as synthetic. We don't formulate with known carcinogens or any types of controversial ingredients. Period. We get a lot of, um, are these products safe for kids? And... The only way to like say that, it was like you know, we can't test on kids. <laughs> it's to test on kids, which brands do. But as you can imagine, that it's is very expensive. Ugh. And oh, we talked about this. It's didn't so expensive we? to get <laughs> baby skin. It's very expensive. But not only that, but like it's a very tricky ethical road to walk down if you want to. Yeah. So to answer those people, I write up the factual answer, but I'm like, this just what you sounds do. You condescending. You take a deep breath. <laughs> I know. Just because it's just stating the facts, you can't just say, well, <laughs> we don't test on children. 
I think that's it for news, which means that it's time for product of the week. My product of the week is something called Boom Boom Milk by the makeup artist known only as Violette. She is a good friend of mine, an old friend of mine, and this was one of the first products she launched with when she launched her line Violette FR. And it's described as an all-over cream spray, which sounds funky. It's like sort of like a soothing, moisturizing mist that you could use as a serum. If you have really oily skin, you could probably just use it as a moisturizer. If you have redness or any kind of inflammation or like your skin is particularly raw, you could use some of this on it and it's just like soothing and nice. It's like putting milk on your face, like a nice, not fatty... (laughs) Like a skim milk. It's, it feels like putting skim milk on your face. And I bought it. I didn't get it for free. And I've been using it for the last like couple of weeks. And I really love it. Occasionally, my face gets really sensitive. My skin gets a little red, especially after I shave. And the key ingredients are fermented birch sap and olive leaf extract. And they tone, they moisturize. And I find it that it also is sort of like soothing. Nice. Are there like hacks to using it? Because somebody asked us on Instagram if we were using it in our hair. Okay. I haven't used it in my hair. I bet Violette has some cool way of doing that. But what I've done is because it's a spray and oftentimes like you think you should just spray it on your face, I'll spray it into my hand and then press it into my face. And the other thing I've seen people do is use it on their body. If you like like a really, really, really lightweight or first layer of like moisture on your arms or on your neck... It's a nice thing for that. It's a thin texture, so you you don't need to use a ton to get it all over your body. That's one of my favorite feelings in the world is when I'm getting my makeup done and the makeup artist rubs a little bit of like balm or something in between their hands and then they like just like press the palms. Press, yeah. (sighs) This is like a really nice milk to press on your face. And who among us can't use a little bit more moisture? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's not oily. It's, uh, It's 58 bucks for... Uh, 100 ml, which will last you quite a long time. Yeah, I uh, I really like it. Thanks, Nick. You're welcome. Do you want to hear what I bought? Yes. So I had to actually work with <laughs> our legal counsel to get waivers signed because call me Father Christmas, but I bought a treadmill for the office. Like a standing desk treadmill? Yes, I bought a straight up treadmill for the office. I am a little disappointed with the color because I thought I was getting like a more like frosted yellow gold, like an 80s like wristwatch gold metallic frame. But it came in it's like a little bit of like a rose color, which I'm like allergic to rose gold. Like visually, I I don't like rose gold. Do you like rose gold? No. No. Okay. We're going to find the name of the brand. It is from Sunny Health and Fitness. It is the space-saving commercial treadmill, slim, motorized Asuna with speakers. I don't use the speakers. The idea is eventually I will have someone make a little platform for my laptop to sit on it, and I will just be walking all day long, getting all of my steps in. And how does it work? How do you incorporate it? (laughs) You just plug it in. No, I understand that. But like, so you're like on a Zoom and you're like walking? Yeah. Or I'll take like, I do like half hour breaks during the day and I just go over because, you know, it's cold here in New York. Sometimes I'm working late. It's not the safest to be out at night by yourself and walking for an hour, listening to podcasts, having all of my like senses like distorted, <laughs> not being aware of my surroundings. So I just, you know, will walk on the treadmill and I... 
think it's really helping me. I'm not sleeping any better. My clothes don't fit better. But I don't think I have as much anxiety as I did. I had this like undercurrent of anxiety that I like wasn't getting enough steps in. Well, so do you want to know something (laughs) interesting? I saw a headline. I did not read the article. And I believe it was in the New York Times. It could have been the Daily News or the Daily Mail. But I think it was New York Times that basically said that there are new studies or research that shows that even working out daily is negated if you are sitting for five hours a day. You can still work out for an hour, you know, five times a week. But if you're sitting for five hours a day, it doesn't even matter. Do you find that you sit a lot in L.A., though? When I work, I need to focus. So, yeah, I do. I unfortunately, like, I need to sit. I can't write or concept or do that shit if I'm not sitting down with noise-canceling headphones on. Interesting. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how long it lasts here in the office. It's kind of easy right now because the whole team isn't working together because we're still kind of COVID vibes, working from home, working from the office. But I imagine once we have people here trying to concentrate and you can hear me in the background going, so it's, but since it's an office treadmill, it's not like, like a little quieter because it's my thing. Like it's impossible for me to be annoyed by it. It's like, you never think that you smell bad, you know? So yeah, I've told the team if this gets annoying, please let me know. But I also wonder about like the power dynamics there. Like I'm their boss. Like, are they ever going to be honest with me about this kind of stuff? Are they going to be like, honestly, I love that noise. (laughs) Yeah. It's like white noise at this point. I love how repetitive it is. Like I'm trying to write this email and like it's in the background. It's kind of like those things in the piano, the (laughs) what are they called? Metronome. (laughs) Metronome. Anyway, so I've been getting all my steps in and I'm feeling great. Um, 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 Anything else? That's it. Enjoy your time in LA. I'll I'll see you you on Wednesday. No, I'll see you on Wednesday. I'll enjoy my time in New York. Do you think I'll actually meet your child? If you can get there before her bedtime, I think we understand about babies is that they don't work around your schedule. You work around theirs. So send me a time to come over when she'll be awake, moving around, alert. Anytime before six thirty. Between 6.30 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. Well, do we, we don't eat dinner until 8. What are we going to do? I don't know. Have a cocktail or a okay. mocktail. So we'll come over for cocktails mocktails. and mocktails. Wait, are you not drinking right now? No, no. I. <laughs> no, I am. And with that, I think we should call it an episode. Eyewitness Beauty is produced by Jessamine Molly of Seaplane Armada. Our theme music is by Danny Presant. And our cover art is by Simon Abronowitz. You can follow us on Instagram at eyewitnessbeauty. You can support us on Patreon by looking us up there and signing up for a monthly, what are we, it's not a donation. (laughs) You're paying for something here. You're paying for luxury podcast content. Yeah. This is a mastige beauty podcast. Mm -hmm. So, you know, price your um, monthly uh, uh, withdrawal to our account accordingly. And also just FYI, patrons and Patreons alike, don't worry, like we're not going on spending sprees with this because we still have to be in the same city to create a bank account to withdraw them from Patreon, which we haven't done yet. So right now we're just we're just feeling good with all of your support. <laughs> it's our little war chest. <laughs> one day yeah. we'll... One day we'll be able to like piggy bank that one day we'll be able to crack into. Um, Yeah. And with that, I guess we'll see you. Maybe we'll do an Instagram live together, Nick. What about it? That's a fun idea. 